Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Nintendo! Welcome to Nintendo. 
Nintendo Voice Chat for the week of May 8th, 2015. I am your host, Jose Otero, and this is IGN's Nintendo Show. Joining me once again is Per Schneider. Hi, Jose. Brian Altano will be with us soon, but he has been replaced by an inflatable monkey. Yep. If you're watching yep. the video version, this is truth I am speaking. That's going to be the best contributions you'll hear from Brian all year. Yeah, and this he has a be question great. because his right hand is raised. <laughs> so we'll someone, get to you later. Someone call him. And yeah. special guest making his Nintendo Voice Chat debut, oh. Ryan Payton. Ryan hey. Payton. Hello. For the folks who do not know who you are, give them a brief introduction. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I work at a company called Camouflage. We do a game called Republic. Uh I used to work on Halo, I used to work on Metal Gear, and I worked, I don't know if I say it, I worked on it, but I was a little bit involved in uh, in helping bring Solid Snake to, what was that, Smash Brothers? Yeah. Really? Do yeah. tell. Brawl? Hmm? Uh, that was Smash Brothers Brawl. Yeah, tell yeah. that story. Hmm? Let's start. But you, got, you have the attention well, I don't want to derail your, you got, you, you got this beautiful I got, agenda I got notes, and everything. You, talk about it. Uh, How did Snake make it into Brawl? Well... Uh, Snake made it into the Brawl because I think some phone calls happened outside of my purview. <laughs> you know, at the time I was, you know, kind of. Uh, mid mid level manager or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, at Konami, at Konami in Japan in Tokyo, and uh, yeah, I just uh, I remember uh, some whispers going on, and it was probably to the extent of because you know Nintendo likes to operate, you know, they don't want any leaks to happen, so they make sure it's like within the circle of trust, and they had to bring in me because I was doing I was managing all of the voiceovers from Metal Gear Solid Four, and because that was around the time of the development of Smash Brothers Brawl, we had to make sure that we got David Hayter and some of the other cast in, and so I Metal had to be moved in. Yeah, Metal, Metal Gear. So what was your re- reaction when they told you, like, uh, hey, Solid Snake is in Smash Brothers? Who told you? Um, it was it was one of the producers on Metal Gear and okay. said, hey, you can't tell anybody this, right? And you're like now in the circle of trust, and uh, when I so I was, I was excited about it, and so when we did the, the sessions, uh, I hope all this stuff is okay to say, like, I was actually removed from the session. So even though I was recording for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks with, for Metal Gear, for Metal Gear Solid 4, I had to, I had to leave the booth and <laughs> wait outside for them to record the Smash Brothers lines because it was so secret <laughs> that, you know... David Hare's going to be doing, like, fart jokes and stuff like that. So, um, and <laughs> well, and they Smash also Brothers. had uh, Colonel Campbell. They did. I think they who, had uh, Otacon, I want to say, as well. Yeah, they had yeah. sort of a, a relation. Was it Otacon? No, Otacon is, that's right. He is the one sort of telling Snake a quick dossier on yes. who he's fighting. Yeah. And they, yeah. they revisited that joke in the Wii U version with Palutena and Kid Icarus uh, Pit. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, it was, it was fun. It was cool. great to meet uh, the Nintendo, the, the guys from the Treehouse, mm-hmm. and, and, well, and, and get to know them a little bit better. And it was, uh, I think they kind of assumed that I was... It's so secretive. I was like, yeah, guys, do whatever you need to do. And I think they were kind of afraid of hurting my feelings because, like, it's kind of our, you know, it was our session and everything. But it's fine. Absolutely. Like, mm-hmm. Of course, we're going to support it. It's a cool idea. All right. Very great, nice. Great opening story for you then, folks. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Yeah, so then we're going to begin with talking about Xenoblade Chronicles X, or Xenoblade X, as it's called in Japan. I have had the uh, privilege of being able to play roughly 10 hours of it. Don't speak a lick of Japanese. Though. Oh, you're playing so Japanese. Is, I, well, you have to. Uh-huh. That's the only way to do it right now. There's no, nothing's localized. Did you team thing. up with anybody or just alone? Um, L- lone or terror. So it is, <laughs> it's a bit, uh, I haven't gotten to the portions where you can team up in multiplayer battles, but I have reached past the portion where people playing other copies of Xenoblade, mm-hmm. copies of their characters sort of find their way into your game. Like, okay. You can call it, I think the term I've heard it called is like mingle player, where essentially, um, you know, uh, someone else who's played their character at a certain level with certain stats and, and weapons is a playable, uh, not a playable, an, an NPC AI. Yeah. that you can walk up to and recruit 
to join your team. So you could actually, instead of just having story characters in your party at all times, you can fill a party with NPC characters instead you met on the internet yeah. who are roughly around the same uh, level as you. So that's really cool. Um, so very Drivatar-ish, right? Like you get the sense that there are other people out there, but they're not actually in your mm -hmm. game. Yeah, right? they, they are not. But And there's another way that they sort of play around with this idea too, but not very Drivatar, but still very unique, is that if you sign up to join what they call a squad. So yeah. let's say, for example, um, different people playing the game, basically we all get a set of the same objectives. So it'll say, hey, there are, it'll show five monster portraits at the bottom. It's like, okay, kill 10 of these, kill eight of these, kill six of these, kill five of these, etc. If we, every version of those monsters that we kill, that those counters diminish. If we kill them all within the time frame underneath that's permitted, we all get a bonus for that. Oh, we all cool. get like rewards and whatnot. That's re It's really cool. It's very different um, yep. rather than having you just party up as a way to also play that game so that's so, pretty cool i've only seen you play uh you know i walked by uh, a few times when you're playing the beginning of the game and we kept on all singing the jurassic park theme whenever <laughs> you you like come around a corner there's some giant alien that. beast brontosaurus brachiosaurus thing mm -hmm. um so is is that i mean how, how did the how did the game kind of end up being after those moments of like being introduced to the world and everything that we've already seen? It's interesting. It's very different from Xenoblade Chronicles, the Wii game, in mm -hmm. that the main character is an avatar, is a blank slate. You create a character from the beginning. Uh, and that character, it's odd because you pick a voice that you hear in cutscenes. I mean, excuse me, that you hear in, in, in battles. You hear your character sort of shout and say things. But in cutscenes where they ask you a question, you have no voice. You pick one of two predetermined mm. responses to the situation, <laughs> and then they, everyone just moves on. So oh. it's very almost Zelda oh. in, in that yeah. way. That wait, wait the, the other characters don't answer, or they do answer? They do answer. Oh, they so it's respond, more like the Bioware, you, the older Bioware games were like that, right? Where, yeah. Yes, yeah, like KOTOR, yeah. for example, yeah. uh, did that, I believe. The main character in KOTOR had no voice. Yep. Um, but no, it it's very interesting. I mean, it's from the moment it starts, once you clear the Jurassic Park cutscene that we, you know we joked about, it is huge. You start out, so it's Planet Mira. The first zone you explore is Primordia. And you basically have free reign to do what you want to do, meaning that you can continue to explore. Once you reach a certain point, you can continue to explore and fill out the hexagon-shaped spaces on the gamepad. Yeah. And the benefit of doing that is fast travel. So there are, like, dozens of fast travel nodes sprinkled all over this world, including in the main hub area in New Los Angeles. So when you're doing sub-quests, when you're doing main quests, it's very easy to see on the map where they want you to go once uh -huh. you've explored that territory. So you can just fast travel out, do the thing you need to do, fast travel back, speak to the person you have to to cash in the quest, or do the next you know, sort of step on that quest line. Um, so that's really cool. It's, it's, it's very sort of conscious of like, how can we quickly get you through all this stuff? Strangely enough, though, if you want to improve loading times, you have to download, I believe it is up to, and I say up to because you can choose, there are four categories, but it is up to 14 gigs of additional data Whoa. installed to your Wii U Jeez. that well, install to, to your hard drive. To your hard drive yeah, to you speed need one. up loading, because if not, you are staring at some loading screens a bit longer, and it, the difference is noticeable. Yeah. Yeah. Gigs. Up wow. to, but, but it's customizable in that. Just to explain, <laughs> it is customizable in that you choose. Okay, do you want to just install yeah, the Overworld sure. pack? 
Do you want to install the enemy pack? Remember some games you want to install the before. robot? I'm trying to think of which one it was, but yeah, you can kind of choose how much you want to install. Yeah, it. like I didn't have enough space to put it all, so I think I sacrificed the character avatar pack and just checked off everything else, and that was like 10 gigs mm. still. You're already out of space uh, on your in on your the, hard drive port system. Yes, I oh. do actively buy uh, stuff. Got from time to. to time from Japan, especially when games come out early or there's a virtual so, console release there that doesn't come here. But virtual console takes up nothing. It's more the bigger Wii U games that kill me. Right. I mean, good if you're into Xenoblade, then good idea to invest in a $100, $100 hard drive, right? Yes. There are a bunch out there that yeah. you can use. Yeah. No, but uh, but so yeah, the, the sort of the gorgeous open world, going back to that for one second though, you can just wander into the next continent mm-hmm. whenever. Doesn't matter if you walked as far east or as far west as you can. You find a cave, you walk through it, you're there. That's cool. It's crazy. Like That's great. I, I, it's just the amount of freedom is <laughs> is pretty cool. I will complain about a few things though. One character art. The no, faces the are weird. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to do. It, you it can is. customize your guy to look however you want, but they still look a little yeah. creepy. Yeah, Elma. Elma yeah. looks absolutely creepy. She's the first <laughs> character you meet in the game. That's yeah. one that uh, catches me off guard. Uh, the second thing that I'm trying to remember... It's weird because I don't think I've ever met anyone who said, I love the way the faces look, which to me suggests like maybe somebody should, should listen well, and Xenoblade, to people. to some degree, had the same problem. There were yeah. some characters that looked okay and yep. there were some characters that looked absolutely awful. Like, right. There's a character in the opening cutscene of the original Xenoblade Wii uh, he's a dude wearing like claws on his hands. I don't quite remember his name, yeah. but he just looked dreadful. Like you're just like even if this is running on on like a PS2 or a GameCube type spec, it still looked really bad. Wow! So if there is anybody listening or, or watching, and you you love the the character designs, let us know why. Um, <laughs> you're wrong, but let us know why. Uh, just email nvc at ign.com. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I still haven't. The guy in charge of the faces must be like a really, really, really <laughs> sweet guy. Yeah, he must be. I, I, <laughs> <You> yeah. <know>? There <laughs> <laughs> is. I mean, it, it is. You you can imagine that being no issue at all in Japan, right? Like when the game comes That's out. Him. Like I mean, they're they're. The, they have so many different art styles, and some of them are not. Look, you have to, as a, as a developer, you have to focus on what your strengths are, what you yep. want to focus on, right? And, yep. and for this game to be successful, probably the faces don't really matter. So well, much faces right don't, now. and animation actually doesn't matter either to some degree. Like very, very stiff looking animations. Uh-huh. Some of it still looks motion captured, but a lot of it still just animations that don't blend very well, and it is sort of noticeable. You walk around in the world and you see the creatures sort of stomping around. That's easy. So most of the creatures have a very distinct way of moving, and it yep. looks fine. You go into town and you just see a lot of just, I don't know, very just stiffly animated mm. characters. But it, that's a bit of a letdown. So, like, you know, the world I saw, it looked really cool. I mean, it definitely looked alive. You look around, you can see things in the air flying. You can see the, the giant aliens walking around. But it's a little different from a game like Skyrim where you see kind of like the they, they have this AI where the creatures interact sometimes uh, and, and the characters, right? Sometimes yeah. that works out well in Skyrim where you're like, man, that's awesome. That thing just attacked that thing. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, like, something flies. <laughs> into the sky is never seen again. Yeah. How does it work in this game? Um, mm, see, I had a different point. So when you took it there, I yeah. think, uh, no, because I was prepping this point of, I think one of the things that it has going for it very much is that, do you remember Crackdown? Yeah. One of the most fun things Love that about game. Crackdown mm-hmm. was traversal and like just running and jumping and sprinting. Getting, and yeah, I yeah. feel like, that, yeah, and getting orbs. And that actually, the, you that was the gather funnest, that orbs. Was the most right? It was like playing Pac-Man, yeah. like modern yeah. Pac-Man. Yeah. So yeah. this game has sort of, it taps into that, I think, accidentally because your character can vault yeah. like further than most Olympic vault jumpers should <laughs> ever. And they run to. fast, and too, when really you see the game. Too. Yeah. And eventually, which I haven't gotten to yet, you get uh, a skull. 
uh, one of the mechs that mm -hmm. they have, and that is even further enhances mm -hmm. like that really cool feel of it's just fun to run around in that game, and it's yeah. very rare. I don't think I've seen a game since Crackdown that it feels so good to do that. Even though with Crackdown, I feel like the orbs were driving me more to wanna mm -mm, yeah. to, to explore. This one, it's more about filling out the hexagon map Which on the game. Which can also be itself. really, really cathartic. I, lo I love that in games, right? Where they let me just basically kind of paint in the in the in the lines, right? And kind mm -hmm. of just it goes back to like this innate thing I think maybe we have since like preschool or kindergarten, right? Yeah. Just like wanting to fill out that that. Yeah, map, right? it's and like you're tapped into that too. Just talking to the the different. Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, a lot of yeah. open, like, Assassin's Creed, you do the, yep. you climb the tower to fill in a portion of the map, like Forza, you drive the roads to fill them in, and then, like, I, I end up getting lost in that, mm -hmm. too. Yeah, but with Assassin's Creed, I think the thing that inevitably gets to me is that it does feel repetitive, like a repetitive action, whereas yeah. in something like this, it doesn't quite feel that way. Although, it is strange to me that when you go up to these frontier spots that you uh, you sort of have to mash a button to fill in a bar, and then mm -hmm. boom, 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 you, you have all these oh, colors yeah, popping on your gamepad. Is yeah. it possible to play a gamepad only? Yes, it is. You can actually play it on GamePad only, although I have not checked how to then use fast travel. I need to kind of mess around with that a little yeah. more because that's always on the second screen. Right. Uh, then that wouldn't be there as a result. So, so you haven't answered my question, though. Like, how does the world and the creatures, how does it feel? Is it more like a kind of a traditional JRPG, like the, the old school games where, like, you can see the enemies and you get close mm -hmm. and then it becomes a battle scene? Or oh, how does oh, it work? Oh, and, no. so, and do the creatures so react to you and all that? A great question. So it depends on the creature, first of all. So some creatures, you can tell from the iconography, if it has a red eye by its – so first of all, they tell you every Super level tired. of every enemy. Uh, so if you're running up to an enemy and it's level 2 or you're running up to an enemy and it's level 38, you will clearly see that. But what you need to be really aware of is, is this creature going to be aggroed if I get close? Mm -hmm. And that's where they use uh, icon to, to communicate that to you. Mm. So you'll be running around and you go, okay, that is a level 32 thing. It will crush me yep. if it turns around right now. So it turns into this little metagame of, well, but I really want to get to that yeah, side of nice. the field. So you trying to figure that out. That said, though, um, some folks who pass by my desk have you know expressed feedback that one of the things they don't understand is that kind of like in World of Warcraft when an enemy takes a swing at you and necessarily animations don't sync up and all of a sudden you die because it took off crazy damage. That seems to happen it, in this game. It's, it's not this not one for one, polished, right? Yeah, yeah, one for one thing. And I think if you're going in expecting that, you should recalibrate those expectations. But for the monsters, like what you see is what you get, is what you're saying. Oh yeah. Or so they so in, no. In other words, like you go into an encounter, they're not adding more, or you're not breaking away to another scene. It's all happening in the open world seamlessly. It is all happening in an open world seamlessly. Right. The other only other disappointment I have with that though is that none of the monsters ever attack each other, mm. and I feel like that's that last bit of the dynamic puzzle that would totally sell this open world to me even more. Mm -hmm. Like you're talking about, you know, you're painting the picture of an ecosystem, right? right? You're painting a picture of a world that's harsh and foreign. And you do that through enemies that will absolutely rip you if they aggro you, but somehow they don't seem to sense each other. You know gotcha. what I mean? Gotcha, yeah, yeah. Like that's just kind of a, it's a sacrifice probably or a technical yeah, they're limitation. They're all friends, man. Yeah. And the, those Clearly, di dinosaurs, they love each other. Yeah, those brontosaurus things, yeah. I, I just to mess around, I messed with one, absolutely, one hit, just turned around, looked at me, I was like, you're not worthy. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just. <laughs> so when does this game come out? Uh, twenty fifteen, according to Nintendo. Wait, so in the let US. Me, let me check. Let me check my uh, my calendar. <laughs> they uh, haven't dropped a date on it. Nintendo t um, seems to hang on to dates until roughly like until three or four months to, out. Yeah. Yeah, so they're not going to say anything. Right? I also think they yeah. like to keep their options open, you know, should another game that they already announced not make it, that they can mm -hmm. slide this game in. Like, I mean, we've seen that with Mario Maker and other games, too. Mm -hmm. That's a good that, point. And I also think as much as 
folks may not agree with this, the more I play this open world game, the more I think delaying Zelda made sense Uh, to a degree because they are going for a very similar thing of being like very big open open but not action this is definitely not an action game though it isn't it isn't but it's still uh, it's on a scale all its own but it's still going for that you know go off on adventures set your own goals um, meet people along the way and recruit them Um, and the battle system which I haven't gotten into I'll quickly sum up I feel like it is a big improvement over uh, what was in Xenoblade. It's the same system, but rather than, uh, you know, Xenoblade had the benefit of the Monado, sort of a mythical sword you have that you're able to see the future with. And so that was a big story element, but then it carried over to gameplay because in gameplay you could see that, okay, this enemy is about to unleash this very powerful attack and kill, you know, a potential teammate. I can stutter or try to stop that. Mm. This game has none of that. But instead, it rewards a lot. Xenoblade's combat, the original one on Wii, tried to get you to communicate, but it felt like there was still the gap of, well, my partner hasn't done this move yet, so if I do this move, it's not going to be as effective. And there was no way to really bridge and have that communication of knowing when they were going to do that easily. This game clears that up. And it's something as simple as just an icon pulses from them telling you, hey, do this move. And if you do the move that they're recommending you put the enemy in a stun state or you're following up in some cases on an attack of theirs. Hmm. The system's called Soul Voice in Japan. I don't know if they keep that here, um, but I do like how it works. And there is a class system involved as well. Because your character is a is a blank slate, you have different, like you can specialize in assault weaponry, you can specialize in other areas as well, Cool, uh, which is really dope. And so it yeah. sounds like yeah. you love it. It's, I do like it. Yeah, I definitely. I mean, I'm not the reviewer on it. I, I'm not comparing it to, like, too many other things, I think. But I do really. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. I just, yeah. you know, again, this has all been pieced together. Playing a foreign game it, is, is kind of interesting. And, it's like, fun. when you see it running uh, on the Wii U, too, like, when you just when you walk by, you're like, whoa, that's a big world. Like, mm-hmm. that is definitely the most complex world they've rendered on that machine so far. Yes. You know, and yeah. it's like, and just seeing the characters run and the speed with which it all moves, it's it's pretty impressive. It, it makes me wonder if they needed 14 gigs to get you to be able to play <laughs> that seamlessly uh, installed on your system. Is Zelda going to have a, a install, you know, sort of requirement so, in order to make that much space ooh, work? Maybe. I mean, but Xenob- to Xenoblades, uh, just to f- sort of for for that example, you're talking about five continents that are huge. I don't know if Zelda's really going for that scale. It's, well, once it's the, hard to see how they compare. Once so. the Zelda game arrives on the NX, I think it'll have a big enough hard drive to stream from it. There we and, go. Like, oh, there we go. There we go. There you have it. All right. So we've been talking about this long enough, I think. Sorry about that. That was roughly 20 minutes. Let's talk then about Splatoon's post-launch plans, which Nintendo just basically lifted the veil on and painted a clearer picture, Ryan Payton, of what you're getting on day one and, in some cases, what you're not getting on day Mm -hmm. one. So on day one, you're getting Turf Wars, you're getting uh, the promise of an unlocked ranked battle mode, which they've already sort of told us a a month ago, I think, that, you know, the ranked play won't open until later, until the population, the global community, reaches level 10. A certain number of those people do that. But what we found out from the stream (laughs) was that party matchmaking will not be in the game until August. We found out that additional modes, weapons, uh, and gear is also coming post-launch. And for both announcements, there was no commitment to a schedule. I mean, at least party matchmaking got August. The new modes and weapons, it's very unclear how quickly or how quickly after launch this stuff is going to, and how regularly this is going to be tossed into the mix here. 
uh, you're you're laughing. I'm laughing because I'm, I'm kind of laughing. No, I think I'm crying on the inside. The, the yeah. funny thing is, like, I think Nintendo pulled a fast one on on people and got away with it. Like, just seeing the feedback on the announcement that's what was, was pretty concerning. pretty positive. Yeah, and I was very surprised by that. I even tweeted as a result. I was like, Hey, how do you feel about Splatoon's Nintendo's post-launch Splatoon plans? And it was mostly a mix of positive responses. That, there were a few. Hey. Why wasn't this? Why isn't this yeah. stuff there day one? And so I think what people are reacting to, like, there's been a lot of negativity around DLC, right? Like, yeah. first of all, let's get this out of the way. Best DLC I've probably ever seen was Mario Kart, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think Red Dead Redemption had awesome DLC where it was absolutely worth paying for. Mario Kart nailed it. Such good DLC. And there have been a lot of announcements. Like, you know, The Witcher, you get this announcement. Like, hey, all these small things we're releasing for free. Awesome. You pay for a big expansion pack. I'm totally fine with that. Some weird stuff around Batman was like, oh, yeah, this big open world game. You're going to get, like, all this paid DLC. You know, like they didn't tell you what it was. No, they didn't tell you what it was. I was like, "Ah, I don't know. I don't feel great about that. This game, they're announcing, you're getting all this great support. We're in it for the long haul. Great positive message. But then you look at what's in the game, and that is not a positive message. Mm. Five maps in a game that is feels very much like a multiplayer-only experience. I know people will say, no, it has yeah, a campaign, yeah, but it is, a... it's a Titanfall campaign, mm. right? It's not a true campaign, uh, isn't it? Uh, no. No, I, it's I more? I would push back on that. There is a, a, a what seems to be a decent campaign. And there again, I've okay. only played five levels of it, to be fair. But if the tw- I think at one point during the Direct, they show the... Gamepad screen, it has like 28 nodes on it. Okay. If it is 28 nodes of a campaign, 28 levels, let's say that, that could be enough to at least keep you busy, but for the multiplayer aspect, it absolutely does nothing. No, fair, fair enough. What what yeah. I'm seeing, though, is like you get something that was designed for a multiplayer game, and they're creating a single-player experience out of it and adding more stuff to it, mm-hmm. right? Like, but So I was expecting the multiplayer experience to be really beefy of right course. off the bat, yeah. and Five Maps is not that. And there were concerns on this show that, like, hey, why are they being so stingy with, some of, uh, with the amount of content? Like, you don't want to paint the picture that Splatoon doesn't have a lot going on. For it, yep. at especially launch. at what forty nine ninety nine. It's fifty nine. Fifty nine. I checked yeah, that, Amazon. Yeah, single player better be pretty robust, or this is this is a problem. Like, and it just feels bad when you when you buy this game, you put sixty dollars towards it. Which, in my opinion, as as each year goes on, the sixty dollar game has to has to really really have a lot of value for you to to justify that purchase. And the sixty dollar you know ecosystem is now all about this value add. Like this the Xenoblade game you're talking about, that sounds like a great. A great value at sixty dollars, right? That's why yeah. games like Batman and and and, and Skyrim and, and Borderlands they do really well. And so for this game to compete uh, on that level, they're going to have to have not only a very robust single player, but the multiplayer mode should be there on day one because you're paying for it up front. No, yeah, yeah. No. but that's but that's the the interesting part. Like you can't be too mad, right? Because they are not they're not saying you're not going to get extensive content. They're saying it's going to be released over a long time. So it's almost like a TV show you pay up front for, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's if yeah, you pay for the entire season of the Walking Dead game on day one, you're going to get all these episodes. You know, kind of what you're getting, and that's why I appreciate what Nintendo has done, they're saying this is a long-term rollout. Yeah, but that that said, it, is, it isn't anything to celebrate either when, like, the core game is missing a whole bun- bunch of pieces yeah. on day one. And there's nothing wrong with adding some additional modes post-launch. I think that's mm-hmm. fine. I think adding additional equipment, adding additional uh, weapons and gear, like, that stuff, I think that's 100% fine. But, you know, as a reviewer who has to <laughs> put his hands on this that's game and tough. put a, a score on it, knowing that 
party matchmaking is not there day one. That custom games, I left that off. Custom games are coming in August with party matchmaking. It's so bizarre. It's just, it's hard to like, really understand the what, strategy, what the reason is. Correct me if I'm here. wrong, but the strategy probably should have been don't announce these things and more, more or less like, like what happened with Mario Kart, announce the 200cc later. Maybe they had those plans, but you know, how awful would it be if like before Mario Kart comes out, they say we have 200cc, but it's coming out later. We're going to unlock yeah. it later. Yeah. You know? For That's free. a great point. But, but Mario Kart is, yeah, Mario Kart is a loaded package of of tracks and characters yeah. right like even from the get-go that was not a game that was lacking content True. you yeah. could argue battle mode but yeah. like there was there's a lot there whereas like this game seems to be i mean to me it seems seems like they just aren't ready mm-hmm. to give you yeah. all the stuff and they haven't tested every every map yet for you know it being awesome for multiplayer they're not holding it well, back the dlc to mario kart they're still working addressing on things that were missing like yeah. the battle mode like there are people still asking for battle mode move on they're not getting <laughs> that to you like hey. I, I firmly believe like that ship has that's sailed. too bad well we only have monkey brian because <laughs> yeah, monkey brian, brian feels brian very strongly about this his, his stuff on well, me right well, now well there's good news though that one of them doesn't have a voice chat as one of the things they're going to unlock later oh, as, that, one, as somebody who doesn't like it no that that's completely gone too no Whoa, that, not having voice chat yeah i think that's a huge I, I i was i was like thumbs up when i heard that really yeah. oh yeah i i I don't want the internet talking to me while I'm playing video games. I love Journey. That's one of my favorite But I want Jose talking to me. What's that? I want Jose talking to me. Not the internet. Get on Skype. No, He just likes to troll, especially when he plays Mario Kart. That's why why I love it. You guys are wrong. The number one feature, the best feature of Journey is that there's no voice chat. Mm. No, so I agree. I think Journey, though, used it to make a point and create a really positive experience. And, like, I agree with you. I don't want to be running around and then some, like, little roped guy goes, like, hey, what's going on? And I'm like, no, no. No, that's like, oh, no. I will welcome that it's you it's the other stuff yeah no no it's it's all about it's all about friend chat where like yes they are workarounds but i would love Fair to enough. just be able like mario kart like i would play way more with friends that's true if the entire kind of like friend system invites and and chat uh were were a little what the heck was that um some like cable fell from the wall or something uh, but if that was just really well tweaked from the get-go but yeah. i you know i think we've moved past that and so now we've got we've got the question like are you cool with buying a game where the promise is you know you will unlock more over time and ironically I think it's actually really close to Animal Crossing in that way like when you buy Animal Crossing you are not going to be able to play for 14 hours straight on day one Mm. because Tom Nook ain't Uh gonna give you a house right right? like it is it is a in a way it is refreshing and unique but when you compare it to how you purchase other games it's weird and some people are gonna be upset Mm. yeah Yeah. no I can definitely see that I'm just gonna round out the rest of the stuff they announced for the sake Uh, for weapons they showed a new one called the Ink Brush which looked really cool it moved faster than the Splat Roller Splat Roller is my favorite thing by the way you're at Zen when you're just painting this, like, you're just paving a mm. road of color cool. in those games. Like, I like that. Um, there's two modes, Tower Control and Rainmaker. They said nothing about Rainmaker. Tower Control looks like a like a fun twist to some degree. Like, there's a tower that spawns in the middle. You have to basically ride it into past enemy territory and into yours. And then the last thing was they hinted at up to nine multiplayer maps added over time. But, like, mm-hmm. what is that? One a week? Like, one every two weeks? Even... Let's talk about this beta. I mean, not to... Not, there, there's <laughs> so test? Global test yeah. fire, which you yeah. should have just called it a beta. I think saying the word demo is a bit misleading, to be fair, because this Splatoon demo does nothing outside of those windows of time. It's, they're, they're not calling it a demo, are they? They call it test they fire. Said, they, test. they called it the global test fire, but they said you download a demo from the Wii I U see, eShop. Gotcha. Like, I just felt like that 
maybe they're or maybe that's just semantics. Anyway, but it, it's, you uh, are playing this game for only one hour at the appointed time, and then that's it. And then you have to wait until the next hour that it happens, and then you go away, and then you have to wait. What happens the to next be what hour. on the West Coast? It's like four a.m. One is four a.m. So it's I actually Saturday I, at four a.m. was one of the times. I put the Saturday evening and uh, no, there was Friday, Friday evening, evening and Saturday yeah, eight p.m. to nine p.m. Friday when this is being I, recorded. I put those on my kids' calendar, but I didn't put the four a.m. one because they would wake up they and would. play it. Yeah, oh, really? of course. So? No, I what a. It's very strange. Like I don't know why the times had to be so limited and the yeah. window so small. Because what do you want a stress test and have the times that most people? That's probably it, right? right? They are Nintendo had some issues back with the Wii. Some of the Wii online games roll out, right? And I think they just want to concentrate the amount of users in a small time window. 4 a.m. on the West Coast in the United States seems like a very strange time to have a stress test. Is that uh, for the UK? Well, it is globally calculated like time. So Japan's stress test is the same time as ours. Sure, sure. Europe. Yeah. I mean, let's but let's be honest. Like the. Japan is not going to have a lot of Splatoon players, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's mostly like a North American, you know, and Western European, yeah. you know, targeted audience. I don't know. I mean, like Mario Kart, there were a lot of people on from Japan when that shipped. So yeah. maybe, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like, um, yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's really interesting. I am but, assuming they're trying to create these, these gap moments. I hope, though, that they do a, a proper beta where they have it open for an entire weekend. And that's mm. what I want to stress is that uh, – this is more of a – most beta test, at least in my mind, my understanding of a lot of them is it's more uh, – and correct me if I'm wrong, you guys, but glorified PR. It's basically, hey, the game is done. We're t- we want to stress test it to some degree, but it's also, hey, this is what's shipping probably really soon, and we have to make sure that to some degree it works. It's, it's a promotional thing to get you I think interested a, in buying as, a game. As a huge fan of conspiracy theories, I like it, but I don't think that's accurate. Okay. Hmm. I would say the majority of the time is that it is required. It's necessary. It is necessary. Yeah, and I think even when, oh. when people were accusing like Destiny of doing using that as like a pre-order campaign, yeah, it's kind of you kind of kill two birds with one stone, but those, that team needed that. They needed mm-hmm. the alpha and they needed the beta. Sure. They needed sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. I said yeah. corrected. And I would say they're still beta testing that game at this point. Oh, man. No, I played a ton of Destiny with Jose. Guardian so Down. Like, Game of the Year. No, never but, invite, but like... Never inviting you I, to another I, I hear you. Game. Destiny is a really unique experience in that, you know, like, it is different from a Call of Duty where, like, you... In the end, the like a, a huge amount of people jump into the same like five maps. Like mm. Destiny was very different, but like yeah. that's why I feel like this game has a very limited set of maps, and it should be more like a Call of Duty beta test. And the only reason I subscribe oh. to that theory slightly is because I'm never convinced that that much really changed when the game launched. I, I have the feeling that it's more uh, it's it's more of just like a uh, like a, how do you say a, how can, will the servers handle how many people are jumping yeah in just like an, an assurance that on launch day we're not going to be jeopardizing tens if not hundreds of millions of dollars in lost sales because we screwed up on day one that it's, makes it's sense. kind of a self reassurance but Splatoon does to some degree need uh, oh, I think they do. a PR push yeah. so well, limiting is. it to three hour blocks one hour blocks just seems like why would you do that but if maybe trying to convince maybe, people maybe to buy a bigger this one's game. coming. Yeah, and and the, but there's the question too. Like if you if you want to be cynical about it, right? You could say, well, maybe there's not enough. Like you give people a weekend, they're gonna go like, all right, I've played all the five maps, and then they look at what's coming out. You know, maybe they saw what know. happened with Destiny uh, because mm-hmm. that that clearly happened with Destiny uh, when 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 people were just grinding the beta away, yeah. and they finally got to their full game. They're just they're 
Earth was like this old news by then because they had already grinded so much of Earth. That's it right. It yeah. became boring. Right. And I actually think it did hurt some of the reviews. Yeah. Yeah. But that game is, is Destiny is still more of a loot-based game, right? Like in the end. Sure. And so yeah. you do run out of like that freshness after. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I don't think you lose anything uh, if you give at least one campaign level in that demo. Mm. Like I think that's worth giving people a taste of that as well so that they're not just waiting for mm. these three one-hour blocks to mm. play your game. For the record, mm. and this you're not, you know, neither of you guys are going to agree. And oh, actually, all, all three of you guys here yeah. uh, are not going to agree. No, he's agreeing already. Uh, yeah, he's, <laughs> yeah, well, he's, no, he wants to, yeah, he's, he's going to let me finish, but he's got something to say. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and that is, uh, is that I actually think this is a really great candidate. As somebody who doesn't really like free to play games, I actually think in this, this, this game in particular for their audience would, um, would actually work really well as like a, like a free entry point, just like Evolve, I think probably should have been like mm-hmm. a free to play, uh-huh. um, uh, where you can buy characters just like League of Legends, which I think is the most fair free to play model out there. Yeah, uh, and you know, for 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 a platform that doesn't have a lot of a, a huge install base, uh, you're you're asking for sixty dollars up front for you know a very multiplayer focused game. That's a new IP that. You know, it doesn't really. I, I just. I, I don't think anybody thinks this, this game out of the gate is going to sell crazy amounts of units. It just sounds like they really. Oh, sorry. No, no. Like, like, I, I guarantee you, they thought about this game as their lead free-to-play mm-hmm. game. Like, I, I'm totally, I'm totally with you. Like, just the risk of introducing these new characters, this new brand mm, that nobody right? knows, right? Like, it could be like Pikmin, where it's an awesome game, and then not enough people mm, play it. Right. I bet you they thought about they it, must have, but right? they need the money right they, now. Yeah. They do really they? need. Oh yeah, they do. They but need like, to show hey, how, much, how much money. Because I, I think you can make an argument that the game would make more money yeah. as a free-to-play title. I think it's too much of a risk for them right now, where their investors are saying, "saying you need to sell more units and you need to monetize your mm-hmm. customers." But at the same time, right? Those investors are pretty happy because they're making smartphone games right now because yeah. they are and dipping go- their it, toe in like other be, areas for it's license. It's such IP. a. I think I it's hate, such a scary value I proposition to, for I Nintendo. And I'm sorry for bringing it up because I actually yeah. hate this topic. Like yeah? it's like destroyed. Some of my love for video games over the past five years is this whole free-to-play right. monetization model to begin with. But, uh, yeah, I just think, like, this is a great uh, – I don't think I'm going to, to be honest. I'm, I haven't heard enough about Splatoon. I'll wait, I'll wait for IGN's review. But I haven't uh-huh. heard enough to convince me that I should pre-order this game or get it on day one for $60. Yeah. Right? Okay. But if it was uh, – like, everybody can say the same thing. But, like, if the game was free, I would definitely try it out. Yeah. And if I liked it and I wanted to play more maps or more, more, more modes, I'd probably pay for this one. And they might, they might still do that, right? We don't know what kind of demos, demo plans they have. They might give you a demo where you can play like a single map or something or get a time demo of it. I that would get it. you in, right? Yeah, like, because that's... I'm th- not going to put... What you're that's saying is, it. I'm not going to put $60 down in this game. It's a new IP that doesn't look super cool to me, right? And, and so the, the reason why I am putting down the dollars is because like they, Nintendo has just surprised me whenever they pick a new gameplay concept where they are not king. They come in and they give you something really unique, yeah, right? Which, like just like how Pikmin the was the RTS, right? Like that's an RTS. It's a dead, a dead genre on consoles. <laughs> yeah. They come in, and you're like, oh my god, this no, is great, awesome. well, yeah, right? When you look at this game's sure. particular yeah. angle, where it's like, hey, this is an action shooter, but the point isn't really to pop the other player. The point is to cover more territory. It's a territory, yeah. Control territory in yeah. a certain way. And the way you control it is very visual and doesn't really need voice mm. chat, you can mm-hmm. argue. Right. Um, I think that that is really cool. So, yeah, that's why I, I'm really interested in to, to play more. I'm, I'm 
I set my alarm, my calendar invites to four a.m. to to these times, not the four a.m. one. Come no, on, I'm worry. too old. We'll, we'll, I'll call you. I'll yeah, make sure that we my kids will probably be awake already at that time. But like, are you gonna jump in on for the stress I, I wish test? I could. I won't be. I'll okay. be, uh, be at a wedding, unfortunately. So. Oh, oh well, that's good. I'll be traveling. That's good. For the wedding. Okay, yeah. got it, got it, got it. All right. Well, then let's take a break, and when we come back, we are going to be talking about. Some investors' news. Uh, Ooh, you make that sound so exciting. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it could be. It could investors be. Let me news. tell you, there is uh, some news out of this that will blow your mind if it hasn't already. And you there you go. That's so better. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Schneider, Ryan Payton, and a stand-in for Brian Altano, and we are talking about Nintendo's investors meeting, some news that came out of uh, the slides and presentation. How about that, first of all... We have a stock ticker. Uh, I don't, I don't. No, I don't, but uh, we'll just, we're not going to go over the numbers. The Wall Street Bell. Oh, investor call. We will say that they posted their first profitable year in four years. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah. This has been a, a rocky ride. Oh, speaking of rides, they announced oh, that they have no. a partnership wow, with that's terrible. Universal no. Studios. He, he, he prepped all week for this, <laughs> man. No, I didn't. Look at my notes. There's nothing there that says to do it that way. I just had a thought, eh, I don't want to talk about what? numbers. One of our listeners pointed out that we predicted this. Uh, I'm glad you said that. Thank you so much. We didn't I actually predict we did. it. People we just said, this wouldn't it be cool? <laughs> yeah, well, I went to Disneyland no. and said, wow, wouldn't this be awesome? And then I also no, wake up. bring it up. Yeah, yeah. well, okay. You must be listening to the But show. that's Thanks. because there that's is, bad, bad. like, we have talked about every single topic mm. ever invented. <laughs> like, you so, know. Yeah, you put enough yeah. stuff on the wall, right? All right. Exactly. Well, Nintendo and Universal Parks and Resorts, uh, which manages Universal Studios. Hey, remember Universal, the company that sued Nintendo over King Kong? Oh, my God. Oh, Donkey yeah. Kong, they've kissed yeah, and made he up. remembers. <laughs> oh, yeah, and of course he does. Monkey Brian up. Altano does. <laughs> He's going to let me finish. Uh, they have reached a basic <laughs> agreement uh, about a deployment of theme park attractions using Nintendo IP. So this is really cool, right? Like it I think can, this be. can be, yeah, can it can be, be if done right. really cool. it can, can be. be. You skeptical? You don't? No, no. I, you know what? I got the way they announce it. It sounds significant, right? Like Universal needs more kind of like. These universally um, universal characters, right? They have obviously a lot of their movie franchises, and they're very popular. You know, everything. Disney's cleaning up on everyone's childhood. They own Star Wars. They own Marvel. Like Universal hasn't really gotten a piece of any pie in terms of other characters. And and they've and they've cycled in things, right? In the theme parks, like there's one in California. Obviously, there was you know Back to the Future ride before. They've got Transformers. They had Simpsons, and they you know they 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 keep keep on uh, Terminator. They keep on Mm. cycling in franchises that yeah. they control and like this is great because it's kind of like their version Nintendo could be their version of Toontown like for a new generation right yeah, yeah. like yeah and I take that back Universal actually does experiment with some stuff in Japan I've heard they had it like an Attack on Titan ride an Evangelion uh, yeah, ride the, I uh, Resident Evil I think they have Resident oh, yeah. Evil ride yeah so I take that last part back they have tried other IPs but I feel like in the West we don't really hear about that stuff yeah. don't really get to and, do it but the, the, the reason why I'm saying it could be it's like it could be lame where it's like a lot of virtual rides or kind of arcade style stuff right 
right? Like bringing in some of the like your Pokémon fighters, like some of the newer Nintendo arcade right. games. That would be really lame. So I'm hoping it really is High this. Quality. It is an F Zero roller coaster, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> You've got boost power. Like that would be so amazing yeah, if you Mario got Kart this, right? Coaster. Mario yeah, Kart. Mario Kart is like a no brainer. Yeah. Well, the yeah. cars ride in Disneyland's really popular, and if they built something similar to that, I think they had like a test track one at one point that was really cool. They could do something like that with Mario Kart. Well, even uh, Mario Kart, I felt was a great example. I brought this up in a video. We had a conversation about this, but Mario Kart was a great. Uh, it was a token example to me of how flexible Nintendo's universes can be when mm-hmm. when thought you know thought is put into it because in Mario Kart they have a Hyrule circuit course Hyrule Zelda yeah, has yeah, yeah. nothing to do with racing <laughs> right. and it works so well everything yeah. that you see along the way from a Deku Baba to the Master Sword itself like yeah, you think combine Sonic like and Zelda like they could combine Zelda oh, with yeah. you tease I, why you go. bring that up so the reason why I actually think this is such an important like if you put your investor hat on it for, for a second what this is telling me in addition to the, the smartphone push for Nintendo is that they realized that they had I think, I think I, it is still going on a crisis when it comes to their IP um, that, that younger audiences and families are not as familiar with them as before. Yeah. The reason being is that younger younger kids are, are not are, are using smartphones. You know, they're they're getting hand me down iPads and hand me down smartphones, and they're not playing the new Zeldas and the new Mario's. Yeah. And they, they're, you're they're potentially missing out on a whole new generation. Who only knows about Minecraft, right? And, and Angry Birds and, and, Angry and like Birds yeah, and, that's right. And and, and and so we're this is a great opportunity for them to make sure that they got a hold on this younger audience, make sure that they know what who Mario is and who Zelda is. That's a great and point. Donkey Kong. Yeah. That's absolutely. So a great I actually point. think it's way better for Nintendo than it is for Universal. And I'd love to know that we'll never know what the deal terms are, but I have to think that this is like a big win for I I mean I agree with you, but like if you if you if you look at how recognizable Mario is still to this day and like what a it's you know, like Universal hires actors to look like Doc Brown and run around. It's kind of cool, but like that's cool to us, right? Yeah, like my sure. kids, my kids are not going to care that much about Doc Brown. Right. But like Mario is like everybody who sees him you, still will recognize him. Not at IGN, but yeah. but I know, but no, but no, less no. so like the Zelda characters and and Animal Crossing look. But and I, so that's great for Nintendo to be able to get that in my, front of people. My, I think I agree with Ryan because even though Mario is recognizable lately, that's not adding up to blockbuster sales for them. No. That's at all. And they yeah. are missing a portion young, of the audience that they want to target. And what young people are playing Zelda right now? Like, A Link Between Worlds was for us. Yeah. It was not for younger audiences. No, it was easy yeah. enough for younger audiences. Yeah, well, fair enough. Idea. But like, yeah. I think we, we're, we can safely assume that in the in past like five, seven years that the people that are buying Zelda are the are the hardcore fans. It's not being introduced to a new generation. How do you do that? One is like, what are these devices that they're on? Either you know, a, a, a TV show, which was rumored, we don't know if that's true or not, and then theme parks make a complete sense. Yeah, and that's where like you know, obviously one of the limitations for Nintendo is that they had issues selling their consoles and their machines to to the new generation of fans, right? And so while while they, their characters may still be very recognizable, because when you like when you see a question mark on a T-shirt, like kids yeah, know what that is. Is, and they love the iconography, I hope so. but like they they have kind of stayed away from putting their characters in all the places that they could go. Now they've got amiibos, and well, they have amiibo in theory in Toys R Us stores, <laughs> right, where you see them everywhere. They they're now going. Their characters are definitely going to mobile phones. I'm also seeing and more, now going uh, to the real world in in theme parks. That's great. Like no. that's franchise care. That's yeah. character care. Yeah, and they are putting more effort.
effort into getting that stuff out there. I feel like uh, whenever we're going shopping for Amiibo stuff, I'm coming across more and more Nintendo toys that I didn't even know existed. Yeah. Like, world of Nintendo. Wait, are you are you are you back in Amiibo? Did that, that no, listener ban? No, this from is two weeks from, ago. No, this is from like before. You're not catching me in a lie on this. Oh, he's show coming game. back. No, no because because you were you were kind of there was this Amiibo race that you couldn't keep up with, right? Uh, well, that wasn't the reason I I stopped. I stopped because it was ridiculous. But, how it, I had but to then when your listeners brought what what a gold a gold, a gold Mario. 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 And that didn't bring you into the fold? Uh, not yet. Because um, I brought a little present for oh, you. No. Oh, man. <laughs> what is this? So, what? That was um, oh, so because, because your what? listeners really, really want you to get back into Amiibo, um, <laughs> I went ahead and uh, did a little bit of research. And I know that – so the gold Mario wasn't enough to get you. So I thought, how about a gold Luigi? Oh, no. Extremely rare Amiibo this for you. you made this. There's no such thing. Oh. Oh, it's this a, is a troll, and that, so the troll professional has struck. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very rare amiibo. Um, it's called the Connect. Oh, Connect! Super Mario like the new console. Yes. Yeah, Nintendo Connect. Yeah, this is a hint at things to come. Ah. Um, actually, it's not a. It's. I, I think it's kind of a stretch to call the gold. Uh, it's more like a mustard uh, yellow. Uh, yeah, it was Luigi, absolutely but, dipped um, in mustard. Very it is one hundred percent. That's rare. not even Luigi. That's a Mario. And now your listeners want to know, Jose. Are, is this? It was this enough to get you back on the? Not train? at all. Thanks for the troll gift. It is an. O- it's an official Nintendo license. I product. should have known the troll Peyton would strike. I wow. should have known. I was like, oh yeah, come on the podcast, sure. I had, to, nice. I had to bring. I had to bring you something. So no, I appreciate that. That's no, beautiful. That's really, that's, this is you, yeah. I mean, you box. have the whole Japan connection. You always have to bring you something know, for people, this, right? This I, I live close to. Uh, what are you I talking about? It's Nintendo. in English. What are you I snuck, I snuck in about three in the morning into like this Amiibo uh, factory and got this for you. Yeah, mm. this is, uh, hasn't been announced yet. There'll so. be photos uh, on IGN.com if you're looking well, for no, them. There will not be an unboxing. You can get a photo on my Twitter feed. So here we go. Okay. This is this is absolutely painful, and it's happening on air, ladies and gentlemen. It's actually a mystery figure, it says. <laughs> Do I look hurt? You could check. check <laughs> What's at, a mystery figure? On is there one? In, oh, there's a hidden mystery oh, figure in there. Let's open it later. All right. <laughs> Very nice. Jesus. Sorry about that. All right. So why did you do this? Oh, you had so to. Back to the investor <laughs> call. So 10 million Amiibos sold. 10.5 million Amiibos got sold. 66% of those sales came from the United States. Uh, excuse me, from North America. Uh, 11% Japan, 20% Europe, 3% Australia. Uh, Europe and Australia, just give up your Amiibo and send them here because Seriously. everyone wants them. Yeah, everyone well, does. Lo- I mean, looking at our, our, everyone but me. our friends on the NVC Amiibo Facebook group, like they are folks in Germany and England are definitely feeling the U.S. pre-order mania too because <laughs> it's harder for them to get now their, their Amiibo there because we're, we're all ordering them. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it's uh, I, I do think, you know, just hearing Nintendo acknowledge the, the Amiibo show shortage on their on their Facebook group, which was it was kind of an empty statement, but it's like I, I do think things are gonna get better. Like they, it's a hit. They're gonna make way more, and I think they want it to be a positive experience and not for people to go screw it. I'm done with this. But, I can't get the gold uh, Luigi. Uh, whatever. <laughs> but a statement doesn't take no. anything away from that when you're not devising an action plan. When you're not delivering one. When you're not saying, hey, retailers, you're, I, retailers are getting more in June. Or what have you. I, I feel like with this digital event or at E3, something needs to get said. I agree something. with you. Yeah. I agree with you, but I don't – I think they're being very vague because they honestly don't have a solution yet. I, but but I like, agree with you. But it is – but they're in it for the long haul, right? Like this experiment has now worked. 
Amiibo are selling 10 million is great. Obviously, they made some good mo money and it, and, it, and it helped them, you know, get to profitability again. Mm -hmm. Definitely. It's not the only reason. No, yeah. The, the, weak, yeah. Dollar, the they, weak yen absolutely is, saved them. No, yeah. it's absolutely the fact that a lot of product is selling in the United States and the dollar is strong against the, we, the yen. That's where they're making most of their money right now. And that's, that's not a good story to tell your investors because if that flips, then you're screwed. Yeah. But no, but this is helping. But it's not yet a Disney Infinity or Skylander-sized success. It absolutely isn't. Yeah. yeah. For, for, for your listeners who are interested in yeah the this whole kind of supply and demand interesting mm -hmm. phenomenon of, of, of Amiibo, uh, I was I recently listened to an NPR uh, podcast for Planet Money called The Curse of the Black Lotus. It was actually about how Magic the Gathering was able to survive past like the, the initial craze and keep demand going at the time where where Beanie Babies were not able to. Yep. Yeah. And uh, it was, definitely go and listen to that. I don't know if you have show notes or whatever. I'll put it uh, in but there. But listen to yeah. it. It's called The Curse of the Black Lotus. And it's funny, it's hilarious listening to NPR talk about Magic the Gathering. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, but it's a fascinating segment about, yeah, this, uh, how do you how do you keep demand going? How do you keep it fresh? And how do you not screw over your fans, but keep it exciting and rare? I'm glad yeah. you brought that up. I've been meaning to listen to that episode specifically because it's come up uh, a couple they, times. Because, yeah, there is absolutely that risk, right? That the moment they are ubiquitous, it's no longer the cool. Yeah. Yeah, toy right. to have and it's yeah. no longer the it's thing a, that's a delicate balance yeah. isn't it yeah. like once people don't want to keep the box intact and hang it on their wall will they still buy a lot mm -hmm. of them right yeah okay so I'm gonna push through really quickly um, just to say a few more things five smartphone games are coming by March 2017 just putting that out there and apparently, a uh, Japanese paper says that the producer Iwata said the producer of the Mario Kart series will be involved in the development leading the development of Nintendo smartphone games yeah. is it Kono? He didn't say him he by name, say but name. it has to be Hideki yeah. Kono, which, for folks uh, at home, if you're keeping score, works on Mario Kart, has worked on Nintendogs, has worked on Luigi's Mansion, SNES Yoshi's Island, uh, and he was the hardware lead on Nintendo 3DS. I think this is an absolutely like smart candidate for that, if that's who you meant. If you yeah. care about the, the, the health of video game, and especially video games uh, quality... In the future, this is a huge win. If this yeah. is true, mm -hmm. that means that these are not going to be crappy smartphone games that are going to exploit yeah. you. It means that you have somebody very talented who is going to be shepherding this effort. I have a feeling that um, there, was, there was an article we may or may not talk about that hit Kotaka recently about uh, the investor call. And I, I think that unlike what the, what the author had said was that, the yeah, sure, the smartphone game audience is, or the game, uh, the quality of overall is pretty God awful. Let's be honest, but because the garbage the, mobile their, market yeah, was the, the exact yeah, word. Yes, it's the mobile ghetto, and I and mm -hmm. even my company, we try to we try to be a force of good mm -hmm. in that in that space. And I think Nintendo is going to help bring up the level of quality, yeah, uh, in that space because it desperately needs it. And, and, I, and having this guy involved, I think, is a, is a big so. I mean, the right direction. One, one thing I, I I always feel like. I always feel like that's an unfair statement about the mobile market because, yes, there's a huge market of failed and terrible games, but then there are a lot of really good good games at a ridiculous value, right? Like at a value that is honestly not helping the market become a, a, a source of more quality hits, right? Like when, when you're buying games for $1, it's very difficult to actually elevate the quality and, and not kind of resort to the cheap tactics of getting your dollars post-purchase. Mm -hmm. um, but there are some really amazing games on mobile platforms um, and like I, I see it as a really positive statement that Nintendo is putting someone who knows how to make good games in charge some Nintendo fans will be taken aback by that by, by, by because it could actually mean fewer quality games on the Wii U or the 3DS, sure, right? Like sure. if his time is split now uh, between between mobile well, and, and the consoles. All these guys who have Wii U's have smartphones. Yeah. 
And so that's, that's, I think, I mean, I I encourage people to see it that way. It's like you have access to these devices. You're saying it's bull right now because you're seeing a lot of crappy games on them. And like, I, you know, I guarantee you're like a company like Konami would have loved to have sat there and said, hey, Frogger, we should do a game and not let Crossy Crossy Road take all the glory, right? Like, all right. So then, uh, really quickly, you want to talk about smartphone games anymore? Uh, no, Jose's I, like, do I'm I out. don't. No, no, no. I do. I do, and I don't. I just wanted to quickly get through this because your time, you have to be somewhere. Uh, it's oh, okay. it's fine. You're gonna be okay. All right. All right. Then in that I, case, I, you can answer. If two more hours of NVC. There I've got go. till this time. Okay. Good. Good. Thanks for that. All right. So then, uh, Iwata spoke during a presentation to investors yesterday in Japan. Uh, some high level sort of what our new membership service is going to be and so far he's saying the right thing uh, one ID that you can log in to multiple he's, devices ooh, Brian? He's, it's about time he's ruining my he's ruining my predictions for later oh, one oh, common ID yeah. uh, to be able to bridge the gap between smart devices and dedicated game systems we will offer advantages to consumers who use one ID across multiple devices uh, let's see what else. Basically, they're planning to deploy services that will make playing Nintendo games with Game Pals more fun, regardless of which platform they're accessing. So it seems like there is going to be communication between oh yeah smartphone game and Nintendo platform. Yeah, no, I mean that's going to be a thing. They already said that before, right? Yeah, when they announced the NX. They, you know, they have the big kind of. They set a brand new concept. The, they didn't commit to anything. And so, so I'm you got sure. you got to be careful. Like again, like it's the translation game, right? Like, did he actually confirm single ID? Mm-hmm. Like the thing that we're looking for is he reconfirming what they announced with the DNA deal, right? That yeah. there is some sort of centralized uh, Nintendo profile that is yeah. more like Club Nintendo. Like he hasn't confirmed yet that you will buy a game once and it'll work sure. across that's all true. these that's devices, true. which is what that's what you know what real Brian, Brian Altana yeah, Brian is looking wants, for, yes. right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. like it is. Hands up. It is good. Brian sent you a message, by the way. Oh, he did. Um, but but that is, I mean, it's good news that he's following up on this and saying like, we get it. We yes, there needs to be that's, an that's identity, right? Like, and for a company that you know, for better or worse, oftentimes I find models themselves after Apple. Uh, I like to th- maybe they were inf- positively influenced that you know you buy one game on your iPad, you can get it on your iPhone and all future iOS devices, and I think that's always been a really fair, yeah, really great. Thing. Hopefully, that's where we're going. I mean, it is it is actually worse than what most people say right now, right? Like with the multi the multi identities. I mean, you can tie your Club Nintendo and your Nintendo ID together, but n- not really, right? Like it doesn't it doesn't work that well. If your 3DS is broken, I think you have to create another ID to send Nintendo something, right? Like it has there are all these different different like account systems yeah. and accounts well and whatever this id system is that replaces it will absolutely alleviate the buy one get one free disaster that they currently sit on yeah. if you buy a certain game and it's cross-promoted that you can get it on both you have to go f- dig for a download code separately somewhere else that's not sent to your inbox that's not conveniently put somewhere that you can easily find you have to jump through a bunch of menus to get that yeah. so the idea that if you're logging in with one id and you're buying a game and it would make that other game pop wherever it's supposed to on another console or on yeah. another device that's what they need. It's convenience. It's that convergence. It's being very, very fluid. And they don't have that right now. And it has made them look very bad as a result. Um, all right. So I guess that's about it for the Nintendo investor stuff. I don't think there was anything else. Again, I didn't want to go too deep on numbers. But Ryan. Well, I had one thought about it, but you had something no, else. No, no, no. Go ahead. Uh, one of the interesting things I thought from the from just looking at the report was that uh, Nintendo's expecting to sell another 3 million Wii U's. 
Uh, Actually, that's what we fiscal. didn't talk about. Yeah, the fact that the uh, this fiscal, they had a low expectation of 3.6, lower than I think they've ever had, and they didn't meet it. Didn't. And we, we said they're lowballing it so that they get some, some right. positive news out there, and, and they, they didn't, didn't hit it. Yeah. And, but they're expecting to sell about the same amount in the next 12 months, right? And yeah. so that, but without, it seems like without Zelda... So that tells me that what is are they expecting that on the weight of what StarCraft and Xenoblade and then and what StarCraft else? Star, Star Fox. Fox sorry Star Fox yeah, yeah. Uh, ooh scoop oh sorry right. oops right. Uh, wait till yeah. wait till yeah. Space World StarCraft um, sixty four <laughs> oh I love it uh, so you know that that makes me think like yeah they must have a, a some in, well in Mario Maker but some interesting uh, cards up their sleeves in order to hit, even hit that three million mark they have because, cards coming I don't know if you've heard oh, yeah, yeah. Amiibo yeah, cards sorry, that, literally that <laughs> intentional pun yeah uh, but because they had Smash Brothers they had Mario Kart you know to get to that three million mm-hmm. mark last. So this is, Do you think really Mario is one of those cards? You mean like a real Mario game? Like the the next big 3D Mario game? I don't think game. so. You don't I don't think I'm, it's ready? No, I, I don't yeah. think they would spend it on the Wii U. I think the Wii U is on the way out. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, look, I mean, that's certainly, no, I mean, their predictions for sales are not painting a picture that they believe their their software is going to help the machine recover, right? Like, that's, let's call a spade a spade. Doesn't mean that it's not a great machine and doesn't have great games and that other great exactly. games aren't coming. But, like, it is not going to be their growth strategy, the Wii U. And and Lord knows they're throwing every game they can at it. They're throwing, yeah. 3D, they're throwing DS games at it. They're throwing Wii games at it. They're throwing N64 yeah. games at it. And Yeah, and that's where we talked a little bit about our predictions, what we think the big games are going to be at E3 and at, and like, uh, Christmas time, what's coming out. I do think they're they buy they they're thinking it's Mario Maker and Star Fox, mm. which are not Mario Kart, right? Like Mario Kart, right. I have to repeat, is the monster. That is their monster hit. It is absolutely, and that was another thing I picked up on the investor call, and I couldn't believe it. I had, and I'm not very good at math, but damn, is it true that half of the owners of Wii U bought Mario Kart? Yes, it yeah. is absolutely. That has a 50 percent attach rate. That's unheard of, That's right? Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. for a launch title, I can see that, right? Yeah. Or for a pack-in. Yeah, for a pack-in. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. Yeah. But game that's only been a year. For a game, yeah, for a game that's only been out for a year. Yeah. Yep. And so, Unreal. yeah, and that's, I mean, uh, I hope, hopefully... Enough, Hopefully oh, no, it'll sell a couple more Wii U's, right? Like if they if they maybe they put out a gold edition for the first time, where they do what other companies do, and oh, they're right. like, this includes all the DLC and all the stuff, you know. E3 is they have to do they have to have some kind of trick up their sleeve, whether it's a price drop or it's a different color, some kind of Let's, thing to bring excitement to sell more units to get to that number of three million. Right? Yeah. yeah, maybe that is the pack in like here's a special version of Mario Kart Wii U. It's and, interesting yeah. though because on the flip side, the Smash franchise is a success. But Smash Wii U is sitting at roughly over three million, and Whereas it's not having the amount of success. That. It did. It That's did double amazing. that. So now is it a is now is it a portable franchise? Ah, just how, not enough machines out yeah, there, you know. Machines. Is it like Animal Crossing, where it, it that experience actually fits better? I don't think. So. I don't think With that the, experience fits better at all. Our review even says that experience does not fit better on on 3ds. But just, it's just putting out. But there's yeah, also the question, right? Like, it, is the user base served? Like the guy who has a 3ds and now has Smash Brothers on the 3ds, did he say, "I didn't have to buy a Wii U"? I already have that game, right? right? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's true. It, it, is it that a trump card? They they lost a little bit. Yeah, they might have backfired. Yeah, because the game is very similar, right? Like, there's not a huge selling point to the Wii U version mm-hmm. once you have 3DS. I mean, I personally, I vastly prefer it on the big screen because mm-hmm. of the multiplayer Same. aspect and, Same. like, the way you can see your characters. It's convenient on a portable, and it's definitely still working around limitations on a portable, but it is in no way measure up to what the big TV the, experience you know, the, can the be. The way that Nintendo handled the, the two SKUs of, of Smash on both the Wii U and the 3DS, and I think they handled it very well, but I, that, that, to me, last year was one of the more fascinating kind of... Yeah 
business development, you know, strategies that I, I could I could think of, is that yeah, on the one hand, yeah, you go you you go for the profit margins, which is focus on the on the platform that you sold 50 million units on, which is the 3DS. You're going to sell more software, you know, as that as that the first offering for Smash Brothers that people really really want. So you're definitely going for I think like the greener pastures and for revenue there, mm-hmm. or do you invest in the in the in the Wii U version and make that first? And have players buy the hardware so they can get the new Smash experience, but that's more of an investment play, yeah. right? In, in that in that franchise, and I think they made the right decision. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I thought that was really really interesting. It just mm-hmm. blows my mind that Mario Kart was not held back at all by that to some degree. I mean, you can argue it wasn't. If it if how what five million half the half the Wait, user base. How much? How many? They talk about how many units Mario Kart Seven did. Um, for seven was a lot more, which is. Is yeah. like a factor of how many four or five. And seven didn't. I yeah. guess you can. Yeah, you're right. You can argue Mario Kart Eight didn't have to deal with. Well, there's also Mario Kart Eight on 3DS. Yeah. Yep. You can choose. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Buy it now and you get Mewtwo. Yeah. All right. Cool. So then, uh, moving forward, let's talk about. So this is a brand new, wild and weird thing. Uh, this is uh, Brian Payton. You will resume, assume half of the responsibility for the fact that we are trying this. But we, but we are going to play the our Nintendo Codename NX prediction game, and Ooh. you at home, you get to play too. Is he so, is he participating too? His hands up, so yes, yes, he is. So okay. <laughs> he's clearly I'm wants to participate. So if you go on over to ign.com and find the article of uh, this podcast where it's posted, you will see a list of the same categories that we're about to be talking about with respect to the NX. So our prediction game is going to revolve around five categories. We're going to talk about what do you think the hardware spec is. What do you think the controller is? And then three unique features to the machine itself. Fill it in. You email that to nvc at ign.com. We will read a couple of these next week. The best ones that we see, we will absolutely read them on the show, along with your username, and that's about it. All right? Wow. So we're going to play this round robin game. You ready to join us? Who I think, I think Ryan, Ryan needs to start because he invented the feature. Oh, yeah, well. yeah. I, I think you should. Well, thank, huh? thank you. Oh, and for, for folks at home, last thing, sorry. Obviously, we know nothing about Nintendo's yes. next hardware. So this is absolutely a shot in the dark to I, some degree. I tried to dig last week, too. I talked oh, to yeah, I talked to a few publishers. Oh, you're, oh, you're uh, trying to cheat. Yeah. He's and cheating. Like, no, there's just nothing out there yeah, yet. And, I, I, and for the record, I know nothing, too. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this it's is early. Unedu- just a few guesses don't take it personal if you don't like what you're about to hear okay. <laughs> all right do you have to make those kinds of no things? i don't i hope not go <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah i thought this is gonna be really fun because uh, i just like these kinds of things and it makes you kind of think uh and uh, try to predict you know industry trends and for a company that is uh, has a, a history of being extremely unpredictable which makes this even more fun uh, so, you know, I, I love this exercise, and when I started to think about Nintendo's next hardware, I had to th- think of a couple of different things. One of them is that I think if they, have, if they look really at a, 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 take a hard look at their financials, uh, their, their, their main strength now is, is, is in portable devices. There's no question about it. The, the 3DS has sold five times the amount that the, that the Wii U has sold. And so I have to think that, you know, a lot of the Nintendo Fusion, you know, fans and, and, and conspiracy theories, there's some truth to that, um, that the next bit of hardware will, 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 will collapse the two pillars into one. They focus their energies now on developing games for one platform and, and, and then another one, the new one, which will be smartphones, uh, and that the new console, so the answer your the, the different categories, the hardware, in my, in my opinion, is going to be very close to Wii U-based. And the reason being, being that is that they've already said publicly uh, that 
the, the high spec of the Wii U, relatively speaking, for the, that company has been a big challenge for them to get into the HD realm. You can see how beautiful a lot of these games are, like Mario Kart, and that it's very expensive, it's time-consuming, and that I don't think they want to go anything beyond that. Uh, and so I have to think that then the controller, I believe, is some sort of like amalgamation of, of the Wii U controller. But now you, players can take that outside of their home. And so there's some kind of you know, battery attached to it. Uh, so players can then take this amazing Wii U library plus new games that they're going to experience. And I just have this mental image of these, this, this kind of promotional video of them like running around, walking around like Forest in Kyoto with this new console where they're using the camera, they're using Amiibos, and they're going outside to kind of play on where their strengths are. It's their fr- made franchises, which are uh, Yokai Watch, Pokemon, you know, Monster Hunter, these games that, you know, younger audiences and, uh, and, and, and guys like us, we really, we really like, and, and focusing on those experiences where you use, like, the AR camera. So that would be one of the features. Um, the way they try to do with Wii U, and they also try to do with 3DS, but not with much success, mm-hmm. which is using the camera and, like, going in real life and, and scanning your Amiibo or scanning other things and playing some kind of experiences with Nintendo characters that are very unique and encouraging people to go outside because that's what they do already. Mm-hmm. And so, sorry to go on this point a little bit more, but I was in Japan recently. I was blown away by I went out I was um, I was uh, in a, a Japanese neighborhood and there was like these kids running around there in they're in elementary school and uh, they were they, one of the kids had a 3DS and I said what game are you having of course he's playing Yokai Watch 2 and I said how many hours have you played and he said uh, 300 I was like wow that's pretty impressive and then this other kid came by with his 3DS on a Saturday and like let's all play and by the time by the end of it there was like six or seven kids in this neighborhood all collected and the collect the collective hours they put into Yokai Watch was over a thousand I thought that was amazing. Wow. And okay. they all wow. had like Yokai Watch stickers. Like Yokai Watch is huge, huge phenomenon in Japan coming to, to coming outside of Japan soon, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's got to me to think that if you're a smart company, you're going to build something that still – you have that target audience, at least in Japan. And you're not going to want to let that go, and you want to bring that outside of Japan as well. So I think – I believe it's going to be a portable system that can still allow for great Pokemon uh, Yokai Watch experiences. Um, on, as a quick side note uh, – so I don't forget. Um, they said, hey, they asked me if I had a 3DS. I said, sure. And they said, what game are you playing? I said, uh, Majora's Mask. I said, oh, yeah, that's that new Zelda game. I said, well, it's it's new, but it's also old. And they said, what do you mean it's old? They said, well, it, you know, it came out like 15 years ago on the, on the Nintendo 64. They said, what is a Nintendo 64? I uh, said, get out of here, kids. <laughs> uh, you're done. Wow. Um, the, the, the second feature... Um, I got to the bulk of what I think my, my prediction for the console is going to be, or for the dedicated gaming system. We're in trouble, Pear. <laughs> I don't um, know if I prepared one this will well. <laughs> be a, uh, an HDMI plug, just like a Fire TV or um, a Chromecast, right? Mm-hmm. Where you plug into your TV to then beam whatever when you're at home from this from this piece of hardware that will go to your TV if you want to have that more console-like experience where you can play the new Zelda game. And then the third one is going to be, uh, well, I think I more or less got to it, but yeah, um, I think. If I if I kind of it's 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 the AR camera, um, it's gonna be this HDMI plug and it's the portability. I think are like the big three things that I want to talk about. And finally, like and the last big point about the portability um, is is that I think that they might want to go after the Vita market because I'm not sure that Sony's going to continue with the Vita, and so there might be you know a little bit of like a, a, an opportunity to get more people playing uh, portable games. So I'm really saying that they're gonna bank on where their success is and go deeper into that. Uh, the, the big question mark I have though is like how are they going to deliver the games? When you're talking about 14 gigs for Z- Xenoblade, are these gonna be on discs? Are they gonna be download? It would make sense if it would be on download, but 
uh, Nintendo has a very, very strong relationship with retailers, especially in, in the States. And, you, and when you look at download numbers in Japan, if you look at Famitsu, it's a very, very small percentage of, of 3DS games and Wii U games that get downloaded on the eShop. Mm-hmm. So I have to think that they, they're not, they might not be ready to jump into a full digital world just yet because they're, they're, their consumer base right now is so used to buying box product. Yeah. So I gotta, I gotta, I'm curious, like maybe you have to buy an Amiibo to get the download code or so. I just don't know what that is. That's a big question mark in my mind of like how they distribute the game. But I don't think they're going to go anything above what a DVD can handle. Mm-hmm. That's that's one of my predictions, I guess. Interesting. So sorry, I was a little yeah. bit all over the place, but no, no, no it's all that good. That was deep. That was yeah. deep. I'm sc- I'm scared, honestly. Yeah. I don't think what I brought to the table at all can live up to what you just dropped. No, oh, come on. Well, this good. is what you do for a living. He's, I do. And Jose is not a believer of the 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 um, portable working at a home as a because home console level. Because what does it cost? Yeah. Where, right. and, and even uh, okay. the storage problem, which you just pointed out to some degree, is, is a vexing sort of like, how would they get around that limitation? Well, no, but, Plus, the, but the Vita does, right? Like those games, but, you can have like five, does, six gig games on these little cards. Yeah, It does, but I still don't believe every game scales well from TV to portable screen. I, Bloodborne is my key example. I tried to play Bloodborne, which you're a huge fan of, by the way. You trying to play on the I Vita? I had to play Bloodborne on my Vita. But yeah, you don't I want to. And I didn't really want. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't. I no, didn't but want I'm, it. I'm not saying you're gonna be streaming it from some kind of other oh, place. No, no, no. no. I'm, I'm not. I, I'm. I. I. The streaming wasn't the issue. The issue was that seeing that game on a smaller screen took away a lot of what made it interesting to me. Would you say okay. the same thing about Monster Hunter? Surprisingly, no. But I think I'm trained. I, I'm already trained because of my devotion to that uh-huh. series exactly. that it works. That's more or less my argument, yeah. right? Is that like, yeah, we all agree that it's nice to have in your home theater system, sure. but that there are some a lot of game experiences, including Dark Souls for me, that I think would be a killer feature, you know, that I, if I can play Dark Souls on the, yeah, on the go. Yeah, but I would say what is does work in Monster Hunter's favor is that it is focused on only boss fights. It is not trying to sell a world to you very well. You're not doing True. anything else in that world but cutting down a big monster, but it does it super well. So the uh, so Nvidia is coming out with a with a console called the the Shield. Um, yeah, it's me nineteen ninety or one ninety nine. It's coming mm-hmm. out I think in a month or two or very soon. It might even be coming out this month. Um, but that tells me, and that's around a three sixty spec or mm-hmm. a little bit plus uh, sure, three sixty, sure. right? That tells me that's around the same sweet spot as a Wii U. Or sorry, no, as as the NX, in my opinion, like I think it's be like the Wii U mm-hmm. level of, uh, of mm-hmm. fidelity. Oh, and, and one of my theories is that if you go back and look at like the GBA, they were bringing in Super Nintendo games into the GBA catalog, right? They go into the they reach into the back catalog and they bring in that's the spec Absolutely. we're talking about, roughly yeah, yeah, speaking, yeah. right? You look at the Nintendo DS. What was the launch title? Mario sixty four. They're taking sixty four games in the back catalog. Then the next the console is like three DS. They're getting some GameCube games, right? That they're bringing into the three DS. Hmm. And then the, so the NX, in my opinion, is the next evolution, which would be we. Level, it's like it's the singularity, man. Both the the port- portable. You skipped the Wii. <laughs> well, we and Wii U, right? Um, that the that the same same thing. Same thing, right? <laughs> mm. But yeah, I, I think it's I, I think. But if most you look, Wii if softwares you, build around motion. Yeah. NX is not going to be able to handle Was that. that? Most Wii U game, Wii games. Yeah, that's, that's kind of why motion. I skipped over the weeks. I think it's kind of it's it's also GameCube based and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So, Good but point. if you if you look at like if you just chart it very simply, you can see that the singularity is happening, and that's where it's coming with the dedicated gaming system called the <sighs> NX, Jose Otero. Yeah. <sighs> all right, Perry, you're up. Yeah, so, okay. Well, this is going to be very boring. <laughs> yeah, so, I've, okay. I've already told you that I think the next device is going to be the bridge device between the console and the handheld markets. Ooh-hoo. Their biggest issue is that they cannot support two markets. This oh, is, three. This they is, have to do three then with smartphones. Well, yeah, and they're adding smartphones to it. And they could be adding PC too, by the way, right? Like they've talked about that. So, I mean, to me, the NX connects. 
That's what it is, right? I think the actual console is just going to be a tiny little cube that you hook up to your television. That's your HDMI connection and everything, and it has some other inputs as well, all right? Um, the NX itself is a handheld device with a screen, has a touchscreen, no motion, whatever, no motion gaming whatsoever. Um, and you just, you, you connect it to your console and you can play on the big screen, you can take it wherever you want to go. It is not going to be as powerful as a PS4 and an Xbox One. Correct. It's going to be in between the Wii U and, uh, and the PS4 and the so Xbox One level control. I think it'll be slightly higher spec than, than the Wii U. I think they're spending all their time now trying to figure out how to pull off Wii U plus style graphics on a handheld machine. You know, it doesn't mean that it's going to display full resolution when you take it on the go. And I bet that's how they're going to save on battery power. Like, they figured out some sort of trick to not have it be as taxing on the machine when you're on the go. Is it like StreetPass, for example? Huh? Well, for example, what StreetPass does to your machine? Yeah, exactly. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, I can plug it into my Tesla. That's right. <laughs> Getting a Tuesday. Thank you very much. Um, Ooh, yeah. Know, gonna be uh, so, the controller is a new pro- is basically a new proprietary, non-touchscreen uh, controller. But... The, the, the key feature to the Connects is that you can, you can pair your Android phone to it. You can pair your iOS phone to it, to the little box that's going to have Bluetooth in it. So you'll be able to stream Nintendo games to your big screen as well, just with that little oh, thing. Cool. Right, so it's like a it's like a Fire Stick nice. or like uh, any of these devices. Um, it is a, so the NX is the central device at the at you know the center of this new Nintendo experience. Which I said it, it's there's going to be one ID across all these devices. Then of course they announced it because they saw my prediction yeah, and course, they're like yeah. we got to do this too. And it's going to extend to the browser to the PC browser. I think Nintendo will make browser games wow. on the PC so that if you don't want to play your your mobile phone, you can play similar games on your, on your browser and by doing point and click rather than touch um, so yeah one central account access to a unif- unified Nintendo game library and you build a network of friends across all of them so even if somebody doesn't have the NX console you can still have a friend and build up a friendship for the future for, for the next devices so unique feature number two Oh, okay, they already said that. That's you play your Nintendo mobile games, new 3DS games on the big screen as well. I haven't figured out how you can connect a th- new 3DS to that box because I don't think that really works. But maybe there'll be a new version of that one. And I think they will keep the 3DS line around for a little bit until with the GBA they realize it's done. But that that is your cheap version of the handheld experience, the proprietary one, and the NX is going to be the more expensive one. Um, the unique feature number three is that they will be a central achievement system, and I call it like I call it the NX Garden because mm. Miyamoto loves gardens. Basically, any game you play on any of these devices, mobile, NX, 3DS, and PC web web frame will unlock pieces for your garden. And so over time, you're building this beautiful garden with all these characters and elements and question mark blocks and racers and everything that you can explore. So it's like the evolution of the Wii U. Wii U got boring, right? Like all these characters running around. Like in the Miiverse, right? Yeah, you don't know who they are. And like, sure, there's some cool drawings, but this is now your achievement. You're unlocking pieces that you're adding to this garden. So, yeah. Um, And um, yeah, that's basically it. And it will not be backwards compatible. So no Wii U titles on it? No. Wait, wait, but so does that mean that, well, no, that doesn't necessarily mean, like the new Zelda. Well, that's going to be for NX. That's not going to be a Wii U title. Ooh. That's going to be the launch title. Ooh. All right, done. What do you got? Wow. Ouch. I agree. 
First of all, uh, <laughs> the only thing I would push back on was the portion about everything. Uh, no, not everything. It will uh, not well, be I'm, a handheld. I, I don't subscribe to the handheld console. Okay, you think? Theory. Like I don't. I, so I don't. Think it's a home console. I don't. I think it is a home console. A home but I'm going to get to that. Yes. Okay. Uh, but I'm going to work my way around to why I believe that in a second. Um, the notion that Nintendo can't support two platforms is only true because no, the very few companies are making games for those platforms. I do think that you know no other first-party publisher has been put in this situation because they have they they basically work to make sure that third parties are making things for their box. And I think Nintendo sadly has tossed that away. They believe that if the concept is cool enough and the install base grows enough, third parties are going to come running to do things on their machine because of the opportunity, not because it's a port of a game that you can get somewhere else or that it's easy for those companies to do. Yeah, but think about like the 3DS. It's not exactly that nobody has the DS line of devices and yet there the third party supply dried up. Why why would they be able to solve that? That is why I firmly believe this is for my first, uh, for my my first, the hardware spec, I do believe it is a home based, uh, excuse me, a home console that is Wii U based to preserve backwards compatibility, number one. Okay. And number two is because even though they are very successful on the 3DS gaming handheld market, Gaming handhelds are dying. I think making games for smartphones puts Nintendo in a position where they are they do have a graceful exit from that market so because see, smartphones are the are the place to so you think be they're right gonna now. Abandon the whole portable. I think to a degree they have to. I mean, I, Sony well, put out one of the I, best handheld kits you have seen, and no one is going after it. I think over time too, though. But but like what what I'm proposing with the NX is like the home console is now both. So eventually they're not going to have a separate line of portables. I love the fantasy that the home uh-huh. con- that the NX is both, but I don't subscribe to it because battery life is still an issue. Yeah, because for sure. cost is still an issue. I still feel like ultimately Nintendo wants to make really original Nintendo experiences and. Maybe focusing on a portable gaming handheld has taken away to some degree from their home console. If you, at the end of the day, they're they're in a business that's that has to make money, right? They do. And and if for the past five years, it's all been about portable. It has. Portable has carried them through some of the hardest times they've been through. So and also their their their, their team sizes and their and their expertise are not so much in these really you know home focused high spec games. It's like it's always their bread and butter has been you know a little bit like a generation behind yeah. of focusing on mechanics. So if I if I said that, I think that if anything they would, if they had to choose between one, they would go portable before they would go home. You would disagree? Yes, sadly, only because I don't see the dedicated gaming handheld market getting any bigger. I feel like it has been shrinking. I feel smartphones took a lot of it away. So you're, you're saying that Nintendo would go face-to-face with PS4? Yes. All right. Interesting. Well, someone's got to be different on no, this. No, no, that's good. I'm no, that's good. Guy, I'm happy. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Because this if makes I'm, it a lot more interesting. Yeah, I, I, would love that. I would love that machine, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll buy one. also, the, the <laughs> machines you guys put out there do not, like... I, I mean, if it is Wii U-based spec, though, that, that's a problem, right? Like, I have that listed as my hardware spec only because I also think Nintendo believes that um, if the concept is unique enough, it's going to sell. And that's why I kind of like the ones you guys pitched because I'm like, wow, those sound unique. I would want to buy that. I would. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to no, no, I'm gonna not anyway. going to lie. You've got how many 
How many 3DSs do you have anyway? Uh, don't, don't let's not. That. I'm not answering that <laughs> on air. Um, but I do think there is a spec. There is a place for Wii U in this hardware spec, only because those games were really good, and but, ultimately they're going to be lost. Totally. That's why. Yeah. I, I maybe it's yeah. It's I think it's really important that the next console is at least a Wii U caliber because, in terms of specs, because yeah, you don't you don't want these games to go away. Uh, you you want you you spend all this time and effort into these games. Uh, you want more people to play them and experience yeah. them. And it would be a shame if like these these great Wii U titles were not being experienced by more people. And if Nintendo has to focus mostly on one box, I think it works in their favor versus having to split their attention between two. But the problem with a Wii U spe- spe- base spec machine is that does that consider third parties? And I don't think it does. And that worries me. I do think though that I love I love the idea you guys have. I just don't subscribe to it because I think there's still too many challenges along that route. Controller. I think it is a new controller design. That's a Wii U spec machine well, I'm holding up called the well, iPhone. Well, I'm glad you brought uh, yeah. that up because yeah. actually one of my unique features is that it this next machine will integrate smartphone features in in the sense that you're going to is play it a, a cradle? Game. <laughs> you're going to play a game on your smartphone that will impact a game you own on your Wii U. You mean like Assassin's Creed There's Black Flag where you've got your little flag? That something that you're doing on your smartphone, yep. something that you're doing, will contribute to a game that you're playing on okay. Grand X. I think that they want to yep. marry those spaces even though it's not their hardware. Yeah, so I, Because I, they want that entryway to get to those kids. I totally get that whole co- concept, and I, th- I have to think that they either hinted or said explicitly that these ecosystems are supposed to do that, like the smartphone mm-hmm. games are supposed to enhance or talk to you know the other platforms or have they is it have they said it explicitly or is it's it more all like, very yeah. vague it's and it's translated from japanese right. so you can interpret it in and lots I, of ways when i read that i know i was or when i, I assumed that I, like that that's what they were doing and that doesn't surprise me because uh that's a very um it's it's, it's a story that's we've heard before yeah like uh, uh was it watchdogs and, and, and assassin's creed has some of these kind of functionality but it's oh, it, to me, it's like a fool's errand, just as it is uh, like the two-screen experience. Uh, when you look at uh, like the dual-screen uh, functionality for whether it's the, the 3DS or for it's, whether it's Wii U, mm-hmm. it's a really nice concept at a high level. But even the geniuses at Nintendo can't make that uh, you, a must-have experience. Because yeah. when, when the Wii U hasn't done it with a pad either, they, they right? Yeah, 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 yeah like, no, for it, sure. It just makes, yeah. you, at a high level, you're like, yeah, yeah, that sounds awesome, right? But then when uh-huh. you sit down and think about the experiences, you get really, really smart people in a room. What they come up with is it's a map. It's, no, a, it's, but, it's, it's, it's or it's, smart glass. Yeah, yeah, let, let me yeah. let me let me right? try and so save this a little bit. True no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. Let me try and save this a little bit though. But you're assuming that what I mean is when you're playing a game no, no, on no, your television no, in the same room. I'm saying when you're on the go. No, no. I know exactly. Your what you're games saying. are absolutely going to somehow tie into I, whatever's what I, going well, on. Animal Crossing is a no-brainer for yeah, that. Yeah, no, right? so, so what I'm what I, I I probably didn't say very well, but I'm saying like the two-screen experience. It's a at a high level. It sounds sexy and amazing, right? That oh, I play on a smartphone. It's going to enhance my other games, right? But just 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 like Watch Dogs and the Assassin's Creed experience where Ubisoft has, has clearly spent millions of dollars on that initiative already mm-hmm. and to me it's not a killer feature I heard the Watch Dogs one was pretty cool it, yeah you always hear it's were... like you hear about it and I'm sure Halo's probably going to have something <laughs> planned you always hear it's like it's kind of cool but, but when can't... have you ever heard when these companies are putting millions of dollars behind it They've mm-hmm. never been able to execute. Yeah, but you're that you're completely throwing uh, under the bus that Nintendo does have some pretty smart design. In I terms, do, but of, I think it's like the two screen yeah. experience, where again, it sounds at a high level, but it sounds great at a high level, but it's really hard to execute. I, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with that at all. I think the way it could work is on the go. You're making your levels from Mario Maker, but you can't play them. You know, like that kind of thing. Right. Like yeah. you can you can do you can keep on creating when you're on the. 
when you're on the go. You can keep on designing the inside of your house for Animal Crossing, but you can't explore Animal Crossing unless you're on the console. Yeah, yeah. You know? All right. I, I, think yeah. I can fun. see that. So because I I don't even know why I listed this. <laughs> um, no, well, I just think they finally learned their uh, their lesson about voice chat, and that voice chat is absolutely part of the multiplayer Does it have a telephone built in, like a receiver, like a, <laughs> no. on top? You know, when they announced uh, the Universal Studios, right, I yeah. jokingly sent the office, we should make a list of things that they should absolutely make sure don't happen and one of them would be like you're allowed to talk to people on rides oh, <laughs> actually no. they say you can't wow. talk to anyone on rides <laughs> at Universal <laughs> that's low blow anyway only in the lobby not on the yeah, ride not on the question, like, yeah, yeah, but why why, but would, why, why would Nintendo all of a sudden embrace voice chat what are they what's the vision I think the vision being that they are coming around to what gamers want I mean, Nintendo, to a degree, has constantly maintained that mm-hmm. we understand gaming. We have we are we have we have been the innovators of gaming. Right. We have great ideas, and this is how we do things. But at the end of the day, that we is not taking into consideration the one very important the customer. The customer is right. The customer is right very often, and the customer wants that. Are you saying as a customer is like a hardcore Nintendo fan? Because if if it, the the target audience of the Wii, which is a massive mm-hmm. success, amazing, I love thinking about the Wii. I ta- love talking about the original Wii. That the, their their target audience was not their core audience. Mm-hmm. Is they went they wanted to go into like you know, to older people. They want to go to adults. They want to go With moms Wii, and dads. Like, it was amazing. And yeah. it's a huge success, right? Yeah. And they knew who their target audience was. And I think we can all assume that with the 3DS, like they're going for like the more younger audience, right? And then when you look at the Wii U, they were very confused about who they're going after. Yeah, right? for sure. Yeah, they so were just like with the GameCube, by the way. Yeah, yeah. with the GameCube. Yeah. Well, well GameCube actually felt like they knew what they're going after. They're trying to compete with. They wanted to be a PS2, yeah, Xbox, yeah. right? And it was a mistake. Okay. Yeah. And so, but after you, when you, at the end of the day, when you look back at the GameCube catalog, pretty awesome. But really still, good. But not for a business decision. A business decision, probably not a great one. So, wait, so, where are you going so my question is, who do you think your target? audiences for your prediction of NX, I'd love to know what Pear thinks too. I mean, I think the the Wii audience has moved on. I think they lost those people to smartphones as well. I so, think that the so they're simple going, so, so it's I like think, a, it's a focus on the core. I think it is going to focus so, on the core. I think they I think they need to make a box that does focus on the core and focuses on the the sort of. I mean, they don't like to focus on like the core. Adult, I completely adults, get that. Like old school Nintendo fans, are they going after the 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 true core right now? Is actually a younger audience. The guys, who, the kids who are buying Pokemon is the core audience. The kids who are buying Smash Brothers is the core audience. I'd go after the them kids, if I were the them. The kids who are buying Yokai Watch is now the core audience. Sure. So are you saying they're going to go after this younger audience? I think so. Or the PS4 crowd, because the PS4 yeah, because does if, not. Because if yeah. you're saying if this is, if your if your prediction is they're going to go against the PS4, like if, if it's going to be a direct competitor to the PS4, like on trial. Yeah. The PS4. <laughs> Objection. Yeah. The PS4. The the core audience is 30 to 35 males. Yeah. No, I don't think they're going after the PS4 audience. So no. then, so they're going after a younger audience. I think they are for going the after home. Younger, for the home. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think, think that's that fair enough. Like, yeah. I, you know, like if you go back to the beginning of this generation, uh, you know, Sony had this moment. <laughs> Sony had this moment <laughs> where they said, "Hey, everything we did with the PS3, we're going to pivot. Right. We're going to be all about gamers. Yeah. Forget the yeah, it, 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 we yeah. do." And it sounded for a second like you were saying Nintendo was doing that, where they like, "Oh, we made a mistake. Now we're going to be all about the hardcore." But that's not what you said. No, saying. I think the core audience is those kids. But I also want to say that those the core audience to them right now is still those kids. I don't think that's changed at all with Wii U. We use marketing. We use games. Everything is about something colorful, something that's family friendly. I don't think that focus changes at all just because they moved on to their next hardware. But the the the, the average. They're not age, going the for average, gritty, uncharted, Gears of, of course, War, of Halo. No, no, like, no, that no, will sure. never be a part of Nintendo's sure. identity. For I would sure. never, if but, that's well, what you thought I meant, that is no, not what no, I meant. No, what I think they're, who they're going after with Wii or who's purchased a Wii U 
are the adults that grew up with Nintendo, mm -hmm. right? Who have families, or adults who think it's cool for the kids and don't want to buy them a yeah. iPad. Or yeah, something. I think, yeah. and, that, and I think those are the the roughly five million people that bought Mario Kart Eight. Okay, I think those are, that's about five to maybe ten million of them out there of like of adults who can afford who want a home audience or a home console like the Wii U. But let me ask you this: What's wrong with Nintendo? If the audience is those kids, that core gamer, who we were that audience. Wait, no, who, say that We again? were 100, that audience. Wait, who, what, kid, which audience? The, the kid audience. The kid, like, so, like, the, th the 3DS The yokai, kid, yeah, yeah, the 3DS kid. Yokai, yokai kids. watch kid, yokai kids. <laughs> Ghost kids. Pokemon Let's talk about kids. about the yokai kids. Um, what's wrong with chasing after that market? That We were that no, market. No, no, We were 100% my, my, my argument is that they are going to go after those guys. Yeah. But that they're going to do it in the portable space because that's what they're familiar with. So... Just you know, the only good argument against our approach. Uh -huh. The no, there are lots of good arguments. Yeah, like hardware, <laughs> hardware power is definitely <laughs> a really huge issue. Any. Battery, uh -huh. all that. No, but the big <laughs> argument, the big argument against our machine yeah. is that it looks too much like the Wii U. Because like, yeah, it's true. And maybe that's that's how Nintendo works. But yes. because like the Wii U was not different I, enough I, from I the agree, Wii, I and agree. that hurt them, right? They better not call it a Wii something. Yeah. Um. Last point. A reason yeah. why this is this is the death blow, uh, Jose and and. Uh -huh. Bring a box of I, I, didn't, I didn't bring out wow. the death blow for um, both of your ridiculous predictions. So one okay. of the reasons why the, <laughs> this is getting petty. Why the 3DS does so much? It's we can't forget that Japan has a lot, or Nintendo still has a lot of success in Japan. They do, uh, even though I think we looked at their investor uh, call. It was what 70 percent of the revenue came out from overseas. I yeah. think part of it, a lot of it, had to do with uh, with the weaker yen, but whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but in Japan. Uh, there's this this is phenomenon that's been happening in the, for the past 10 years or so where console gaming is dying like a miserable death. They're, they've barely sold 1 million PS4s. And in you know Japan. what they're playing on? Smartphones. Yes, they're playing on smartphones. They're and not they're, playing, and they're playing on Vitas. And they're they're play not playing on well, 3DS. Vita is, is, is hanging in there, and 3DS is doing great, and DS was doing even better. Yeah. And what is happening is that, and the reason is in Japanese homes, they usually have one TV, it's in the living room, and they don't, like, families don't want the dad. Sit there, sitting there, hogging the TV to play Resident Evil or mm. uh, Dragon Quest or Final mm -hmm. Fantasy, I or, see and they've really here. moved away from the home experience. And they've and what what is happening is the reason why PSP was such a massive success in Japan is because it was primarily purchased by junior high kids because they can finally have their own screen. This is before smartphones were really taking off. Yeah. And games like Monster Hunter were a huge, huge hit because of like this audience. And I think that's what we're going to continue to see is that it, as, a, as a Japanese company, they, all these guys who are working on this concert go home and they see this phenomenon yeah. that they can't win the TV, the living room. It's done. So can the I ask you something, though? over. Wow. Okay, so that, that, that is was a really good one. That is a really good one. Flawless but victory, I'd no, say. Yeah, no, we're done. Not at all. Well, not at all. Yeah. Listen to Nintendo yeah. voice. That was it. Welcome. Uh, no, not at all. So listen to me. Wait a minute. So I, I get what you're saying, but would you say that Sony, um, take PS3 to PS4, would you say that most of the reasons that PS4 is so successful is because they're listening to what Japan wants or what the global world, the audience that they really want to cater, the global market wants. It's global. The yeah, PS4? Yeah, Do yes. you really think I agree. Nintendo would only design a console around what Japanese gamers want, knowing the full well that what you just said, the fact that they don't want to hog the TV, they came up with a solution for that with the Wii U, and it failed. So what it 100% saying... did fail. So we know I'm, that. What I'm saying is that, yes, it's not just because the Japanese market is as such that they're going to design the NX, but I think it's a huge 
uh, reason why they would move in this direction of not trying to compete for the home. And, uh, and a huge reason, be- another huge reason being, as I mentioned before, is, that the, room, is, yeah. the, is the PlayStation 4 is taking over, is, 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 has a huge, really firm handle over the home market. And do you really want to go head to head with it? Because last time they did that, the ga- it was the GameCube. And again, I love the GameCube. It's one of my favorite consoles of all time. Mm-hmm. But from a business perspective, it was Yeah, but the GameCube failed for other reasons. It wasn't so much a hardware reason. It was more the failure to adapt to online. The industry was going a certain direction and Nintendo didn't want to follow. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's part I, of it. I don't think you can say that PlayStation 2 was successful because they, they had great online features. No, yeah, it no. didn't, right? Yeah. They, they didn't have DVD player. They had right? different franchises, they, they, yeah. Yeah, they didn't have the third-party support that mm-hmm. Sony had. Uh, they, they were a year late Yep. And they were competing in an area that they're not as familiar with. They started going to hardcore mature titles that they didn't have GTA. Yeah. Right? There's a lot of reasons well, why the GameCube failed. And they conflicted with their image. And here's which the thing. At that point, they didn't Nintendo have Nintendo doesn't want to sell just 20 million, 30 million units of, of their hardware like the PlayStation 4 is selling. They want to sell 60, 70, like what the 3DS will do at the end of the day, what the Wii has done. Right? Yeah. And so I don't think they're going to get to that number in the home market. Okay. That's mm-hmm. bold. That is super bold. It's not bold. I just, look how many we yeah, use but it. I just don't think you may. I don't think you you have a success when you base something solely around what Japan wants. And I think no, that that's Sony not what absolutely. I'm that's yeah, not he's what not I'm saying. saying it's just for Japan. No, but it sounds like it is. No, no, to uh, a degree. No, I'm saying uh, so. The bigger reason, mm-hmm. if uh, so, if if I had like like a pie chart, like 70 percent is like we're not going to compete in the home market because why? Because we haven't had success in it for the past five years, sure. right? And the PlayStation Four has won that market, right? Um, and in Japan, so then the next like like the next 30% of the pie is going to be the Japan market, which is very important to us, has has completely abandoned home consoles and we're not going to regain that. We're not yep. going to take over the TV anymore. We've lost that war, right? How many mm-hmm. percentages do I have left? And 10%, I, I'm not counting. And then, yeah, you're and, you're and, pulling and, like mystical magic. So basically <laughs> what I'm trying to say is like my, the, the Japan is a slice of that. It's like one third of the, of the, of the argument. That's what I'm saying. I don't mm-hmm. know. And they are very influenced. I mean, they are the most Japanese company out of all the game game publishers, I feel, right? Like, they make strong alliances with Japanese developers and on everything, And those games don't sell globally right? either. Yeah. Hmm? The alliances that they have made to some degree for games that they have published on Wii U aren't you selling either. You just wait either. for Devil's Third. You're trolling. <laughs> I'm actually excited about that. So, all right, but, okay. yeah, but you're okay. right. You're right. Oh, like, that yeah. was you. What happened? Yeah, uh, yeah it was, <laughs> there's just one. Yeah, yeah that's one person me. over here. No, I have two. We have. Raise your hands yeah. if you're excited. Yeah. Oh, that was nice. Give me a high five. Here. All right. Uh, yeah, it's not over. Yeah, you we sure better. You're okay? I better go to yeah, my meeting. Get, you have to go to your meeting. Uh, we should wrap up this show. But that was fun, and I hope I didn't. Yeah, I didn't even get through all my features because I don't. I don't have. I'm very sorry, especially to your audience. Hurricane Peyton. If if if. If you didn't like me on your guys' show and talking about crazy predictions, I'm sorry. I, well, no, I'm, I'm happy no, I had backup really finally, so Jose is going to see the, the, the one device future. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hope get there. I, yeah. Hey, I hope it happens. I will say that. Uh-huh. I just think they're – I'm a bit more realistic with what I think the hurdles are, unlike you two. So mm-hmm. if, if, if I'm closer to the – We're the not bad mistake on the air. Don't do are. it. I are see you, it. Are, are you see going it in to your buy eyes. me a steak? I see it in your eyes already. I owe you one stake. So So to out uh, Ryan Payton, Ryan is the only person I took the Zelda Wii U bet with. Which, uh, the Uh, delay bet? The delay bet. And he said it's going to get delayed? He said it's going to get delayed. He had this uh, cockamamie... Um, they just haven't shown enough. Last E3, they didn't show it at it all. It doesn't have an official title. Uh, it didn't have an official title, and he refused to believe that showing it at E3 this year was going to give us all those details. Like, yeah. the, like not having that kind of a. So he a was setup. already right on that too. He was. He was yeah. not right on any of them. <laughs> um, to 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 his credit, uh, 
it happened though, so, so I'm you're gonna get your stake. Yeah. Are you you're saying gonna it's gonna go to NX, or are you saying it's I, gonna I be a Wii U game? Absolutely going to the NX. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, absolutely. Man, I don't have an opinion anymore. I'm tired. Really? <laughs> yeah. Pierre also believes so. I I'm getting kind of like that sense. I just that don't sense? see the Wii U lasting that long. It's sad yeah. too. Yeah. It is sad too. And it's not coming out Q1 as we've seen from their kind of lineup news mm-hmm. yep. and stuff. They so. said TBD. Yep. All right. TBD. Well, thank well, you for listening to. Show, guys. Yeah, oh, thanks for coming in. This, uh, gold, gold Luigi uh, for oh, your Miko yeah, collection. Of course. Yeah. of course. Extremely rare. Thanks yeah. for coming in. Of that was yeah. a lot of fun. No, thank you. Make sure that you play the Codename NX prediction game. We're going to read a couple of these on the air next week. Uh, you'll find all the details that you need to know on the sh- post for this show, which you can find on IGN.com. Lastly, we can use some feedback, so email us that too, nvc at ign.com. Let us know what you think of the show, or head on over to iTunes, rate us, tell us. Finally, you can find us on Twitter. You can find Per Schneider at... Per IGN. You can find Brian Altano at... Brap, brap. Agent Bizzle, Agent Monkey Bizzle, because uh, that's what he was transformed uh-huh. into this week. You can find Ryan Payton at... It's, it's at Ryan Payton. I don't really post that much. And lastly, you can find myself, Jose underscore Otero, on Twitter. Thank you very much for listening, and we will be back next week with more Nintendo Voice Chat. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.